Welcome to the Glow Getters Podcast. My name is Kayla Fahey Arndt, and I'm your host. I teach and inspire leaders to step into their productive selves and find their true potential. I'm a passionate creative and scientist with over eight years of healthcare leadership experience. At age 25, I stepped into my first management role and didn't find the leadership advice I was looking for. So here I'm giving you the tools to end burnout and enjoy a vibrant career and life. Glad you're here to learn and grow with me. Now, on with the show. Hey, hey, Glow Getters podcast listeners. I'm super excited that you're here with me today. Today is the 100th episode of the Glow Getters podcast. I can't believe it. Uh, I can't believe it. <laughs> that is my excitement level. <laughs> oh, man. This podcast has existed since 2018, and I'm so happy that I've kept it going, but it's evolved over time. And so I just want to give you guys a little bit of history about the podcast. Uh, Maybe you've been with me since the beginning, or maybe you've just popped in recently and heard the show. Um, But I think you should know the history. And then um, today I'm going to give you uh, a rundown of like the 10 top things I've learned um, as I've been doing the podcast. And it's leadership stuff, podcast stuff. And I think you're going to find a lot of value. And what I'm going to be trying to do is reference some episodes that uh, are associated with those learnings. So you can go back to the past 100 episodes and check it out. So, uh, so like I said, I started the podcast in 2018. I actually started it in March, but I didn't um, really record much. I just had two episodes and the first two episodes were, um, under the name Cerulean. So at the podcast, the original name was Cerulean. So if you know me, (laughs) my favorite color is Cerulean blue. I love blue. All my logos are like aqua and teal. It's just my thing. Um, and so I have, I'm, a, I'm also really into art. I'm a creative person. And so over time, I've had little like side businesses where I sell my art, but also just like use art for creativity and they're, you know, just like a therapeutic outlet. And so, um, yeah, I, I did that under my name of Cerulean for a while. And that actually was my Instagram handle at the time. It was Kayla underscore Cerulean. So you guys might see posts of me tagged like that. And then in 2018, after my daughter was born in August, I started up the podcast again. And so, uh, I think in like September, or October. And so that's where you're, why when you go back to the archives, the episodes start with episode number three, because I took down the first two episodes because I felt like I don't want the the show to just be about art. I want it to be about like all things me. And so at at that time, I decided, you know what, let me change the name. So I changed it to Coffee with Kayla, because basically I would just make a cup of coffee and sit down and record. And uh, I would even take just like a sip of coffee uh, during the episode. So then you can do it with me too. If you're drinking coffee, let's do that right now. (laughs) All right, cool. I got like the best fall mug right here. It's like this adorable plaid. So anyways, so that's 2018. And then in 2019, um, I started a, a group for my fitness coaching, and I called it Glow Getters. And I love that name. I thought it embodied like someone who is really passionate and just would like glow because of their vibrance. And so for leadership, I think about that all the time. Like, what do I want it to look like? And I I want it to look like 
you know, no burnout or like preventing burnout or minimalizing it or just figuring out how to move through it, right? But living a vibrant life. And so I just love the name Glow Getters. I felt like it became sort of a personal brand. People started saying, oh, when I see sparkles, I think about you. I love the, when I see the word glow, I think of you. So I'm like, all right. So I changed the podcast name to Glow Getters Podcast in 2019. And that's what it's been ever since. So Cerulean Coffee with Kayla and then uh, Glowgutters Podcast. So I've thought about changing the name over time to be more like the same as my leadership collaborative business, but it's just like, it's fun and I love it. So leaving it there. <laughs> um, just a little history for you. I decided to just show up one day out of like a creative passion. I never thought it would turn into what it has. And so in 2018, I had a total of 250 plays and uh, I thought that's not very many, but it's it's one or two here or there, a lot of days with no listens, but most days of the year had somebody tuning into my podcast. That was pretty cool. And in 2019, I had 563 downloads or plays. So, you know, at least one or two people a day checking out my podcast, which is crazy cool. And I remember at the time thinking, like, that's not very many people, like, tuning in, like, one person. (laughs) But my friend reminded me and said, you know, think about a classroom. If we got 10 people in there, like, that's that's an audience, right? So uh, 40 people is an audience, you know any number of people as an audience. So I always think about that, like, you know what, if one person showed up for my talk (laughs) and took something away, I'd be so happy. So I'm just so grateful for when people show up. And it's cool to see the numbers grow. In 2020 is when I started really, really consistently posting really frequently. Uh, I think with the pandemic, I was just like, I think people want to connect. This feels right. I had a little bit more time on my hands because I wasn't commuting to work back and forth every single day. Still went in occasionally and um, still do go in, you know, a couple times a week. Uh, My work situation's changed a lot. My position's changed. What's needed of me has changed. And so in 2020, it gave me space to reflect and think about leadership a lot more. So I started my YouTube channel. Uh, um, you can just find it, Kayla Fahey Arndt on YouTube. And I uh, was really passionate about showing up on video and teaching lessons. It felt really right. And uh, it still feels right. I still have that channel. I love it. And it's growing. But the podcast has always stayed like tried and true. It's an easy way for me to show up in a way that feels aligned because uh, I just love sharing my thoughts with you all. But some days I just want to be wearing pajamas. <laughs> with a cup of coffee, just like the coffee with Kayla days, um, and sharing my thoughts with you guys. So in 2020, the podcast grew to, it had 1,898 listens or plays last year, which is amazing. And then uh, in 2021, I've consistently had a podcast every week this year. The only month I haven't been super consistent was, um, in February, which is when we were doing IVF and we traveled to New York in the middle of a pandemic, which is insane, but we were both vaccinated, which is great, um, (laughs) to get our, to have our baby. And so, um, yeah, I don't feel bad about that. I think that's okay. (laughs) I had a little bit on my mind. So, um, as of right now, as I'm recording, there are 1,674 listens this year, and, uh, I'm sure we'll get way past that uh our goal from last year and um the cool thing is this year in may i decided to set a goal for myself because i thought you know i love showing up here and uh 
what if I set a goal to have overall 5,000 listens by the end of 2021? So right now, as I'm recording, there are 4,385 downloads of this podcast episode. There's not a million downloads, (laughs) y'all. People, I think, want to see behind the curtain. I certainly do. When I hear podcasts talk about my millionth download or my 10,000th download, I think, oh, what does that mean? Um, And so I'm working to reach a broader audience, but also really serving the people who already listen. I'm just grateful for who's already here and, uh, and can't wait to share the message with more people. So if you can help me reach my goal of 5,000 listens by the end of 2021, we have about two months and a little extra. Um, share the pod with your friends. Uh, more importantly, share with your colleagues, people you work with, your coworkers who are leaders, want to be leaders, want to understand leadership a little bit more. Send it to them. Um, text them the name of the podcast. Send it to them on Instagram and uh, or throw them to my website, glowgetterslife.com. Com, so then they can check it out. I want to meet more people, connect broader with a broader audience, just help so many leaders. I, I love to talk with people from healthcare, especially engineering, tax, business, all these professions that I know you all work for. And uh, leadership is very similar across the board, and we all have lessons to learn and and things to share. So. Thank you so much for being here for the 100th episode. I am just jazzed that we get to get to share all of our experiences here and the lessons that I learn end up, um, yeah, just really starting conversations with people about, you know, how we can do better and improve and what we're all going through in our different professions. So that being said... I also set a goal for 100 episodes in 2021 by December 31st, and look at <laughs> we're accomplishing that early um, in October 20th. I really ramped it up at the end because I just felt super passionate and like uh, in a good place and excited and motivated. So I started doing three episodes a week for the last couple months. Uh, I'm surprised. I thought I would run out of topics, <laughs> and I'm not. So. Um, yeah, there you go. It just just goes to show that it's not that hard to come up with leadership topics, especially when y'all are engaged. So thank you for sending me your ideas and for voting on my polls when I put them up on Instagram. So, um, and that being said, I'm also going to be on maternity leave soon having my baby (laughs) as I'm, um, you know, recording this. So I don't know if I can promise three episodes a week after that, but I'll definitely have one for you. So let's get into today's topic. So I want to share about the ten top 10 lessons I've learned while doing the podcast. And these are leadership lessons, but also things I've thought about as I've been recording. And so number one, you don't have to burn to the ground before you take care of yourself or rest. <laughs> this is something that I really struggled with when I started being a leader in 2015. And, um, I would just sort of like think of a metaphor of walking, like just trudging up a mountain, like working so hard, reaching the top and then just falling off a cliff. (laughs) Basically, I'd be like, all right, I got to get to the top. And then I'd reach the top and be like, okay, now I need some rest. I'm so burnt out. I'm so tired. I need a vacation. I need to go to Bora Bora for a year and a half. (laughs) I saw this sign in the store. I was at Home Goods and it said something like, I need a six month vacation twice a year. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's pretty much how you feel when you trudge up a mountain and fall off a cliff. So instead of thinking of the mountain, 
think of a staircase. So if we think about going up that edge of the staircase and then resting as the plateau or the step, you know, you can consistently go up and rest and then up and rest and up and rest. It's so much easier to climb a mountain just one step at a time. You don't have to earn taking care of yourself or self-care. You deserve it. You need it to rest and restore and replenish so that you can keep climbing higher. And so this is a hard lesson that I had to learn that it doesn't mean you have to keep going until you die <laughs> and then thinking you don't really deserve rest. No, take breaks, take rest, because you're actually going to be way more efficient that way. So think of the staircase instead of the mountain and the cliff. Number two, listen more and say less. And then ask more questions and seek to understand. So this is something that I teach all the time when I talk about one-on-ones. But I think this applies just, if you think about the narratives going on in society right now and where we're at and thinking about how we're very much need to be social, conscious social citizens, um, consider it with family members if you want to be a better partner, uh, better sister, whatever it is. You really need to listen to what people are saying and listen to to seek to understand because a lot of times people aren't telling you word for word exactly what's going on. They're giving you a story. And as a leader, it's your job to, I don't know, decode that or basically hear what they're actually trying to tell you. Um, sometimes we just are like listening to respond and I you know, you can tell if you ever watch like sports casters on TV, they'll have like what they want to say already prepared and they're not really responding to the the interview or the other person that's casting with them. They're just like waiting to share their own narrative. And I think if we do that as leaders, we really inhibit ourselves from digging deeper and better understanding our direct reports, our team members, our colleagues. And like I said, in life, because we're not really hearing what people are saying. So if you can listen more, say less, pause before you go to respond, really process and think about what the person said. And and if you don't understand, seek to understand by asking more questions, clarify. And you can even paraphrase and say, here's what I heard that you said, is that accurate? Um, because so many arguments and disputes, I think, come from miscommunication or assumptions because we're looking at what the person said through our own lens, through our own filter, and they might not even be on that level. <laughs> so sometimes it's like you got to ask questions so that you can say, be like, girl, get on my level because <laughs> otherwise it's so much gets lost in translation and that can be avoided just by asking better questions. Number three, go slow to move fast. I talked about this. This is something one of my mentors said, but it's also something that's in in a book I've read. It's either in, um, gosh, it's either in The Compound Effect or what's the other book? Now I'm totally going to (laughs) blank. I'll think of it. So basically it's the idea that instead of just plowing forward to accomplish goals or be efficient, It's so much better to actually move slow because in the long run, that'll be beneficial. So let me give you an example. When you think about leadership, it's so often, you know, we want to swoop in and like solve problems for people and, and we think we know the answer, but we really don't because we're not in that work. 
And so, you know, one example of moving fast would be just to go and be like, okay, here's what we're doing and solve the problem. And sometimes we need a sort of leadership like that, but most of the time it's your job to help others help themselves. And so a, a better approach would be to ask more questions to understand and help people understand what the real issue is and then work to solve that problem or that root cause. Because sometimes you go, you think you know the problem on the surface and then you find out, oh, that's just a symptom of the root cause. And so sometimes it's it's very hard to just like sit back and not come up with a solution when you know people need help. But it's actually so much more beneficial in the long run if you wait, help them really do that groundwork and then move forward. You think about the quote from Einstein, he talks about like taking 15 55 minutes to think about it and then five minutes to solve the problem. It's just like that because then you don't have to to redo the work. You don't have to undo anything. Um, So I really love that one. And I always think about um, my mentor when I hear that because she shared with me a story about how when we're going really fast as leaders, our team might not be able to keep up. So we might be way out front and they may be way behind and that doesn't help anybody. The best way to lead is to lead from the side, honestly, to be right there walking with them, bring people with you. So I really love that one. Number four, the compound effect. Small meaning, oh, that book was called The Slight Edge. I think going slow to move fast is in The Slight Edge. Check that book out. I'll link it in the show notes for you. Number four is the compound effect. Small, meaningful progress will repay dividends. Same thing with going slow to move fast. Same concept. Essentially, if you take small, meaningful action every single day, it's basically throwing, like, you know, those little accomplishments, think of them as little pebbles. If you take the pebble and throw it over your shoulder every single day, you don't look back. It's just a pebble. But then one day you turn around and look over your shoulder and there's a huge mountain behind you. <laughs> I heard somebody say that once and I just think it's so cool. I think her name is Ashley Feldison, just to give her credit. Um, she said that um, and she's one of the fitness coaches I follow online. She's so great. And she talks about this all the time, you know, small, meaningful change, little pebbles thrown over your shoulder seem a little like insignificant. Over time, they become a mountain. And so, you know, think about the idea that if you, you know, um, want to accomplish something and it feels really big, if you just take one little small action every single day, that's going to breed confidence. And as you become more confident, you're going to want to take more action. So over time, your actions have a higher return on investment. And you will find that small, meaningful change or small, meaningful steps over time lead to huge return rather than the burnout culture that I talk about all the time where we have to 10x every single thing all the time, which is not sustainable. There's definitely room for 10xing. Like I said, I felt really energized. So I did three podcasts for a week for a few uh, months here because I felt good. But I'm also okay with pulling back on that because um, I know it's not sustainable. So just think about that the next time that you really feel like, I don't want to do this because it feels huge and I have to take massive action, reframe it in your head and say, no, I'm just going to take one step every single day. Number five, 
um, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time, <laughs> same concept. So if there are projects or things you need to do that feel really, really big, that is a huge mindset block because it often prevents high achievers and perfectionists like me and you and us from taking action because it's like, this is huge. And so my advice is to break the project into a lot of little bites. And then each day, schedule time to work on a part of the bite. <laughs> so like a micro bite or accomplishing the bite, <laughs> whatever is right size for you. Because eventually you'll come to realize that things aren't actually as scary as they seem when you break them down. And that thing you've been thinking about in your head for so long and thinking like, this is going to be such a pain in the booty. <laughs> when you break it down, you're like, that wasn't actually that bad. I wish I had done it sooner. There's also the saying, um, eat the frog. And that means, you know, do the thing that's the hardest or like the ickiest or what, you know, the thing you don't want to do first thing in the morning and just to get it done. And to me, I don't know, that doesn't feel motivating. That feels like it makes the day like you're starting at the bottom of the mountain and you have to get to the top and it's, it's rough. So I really like the elephant analogy, thinking about even building an elephant rather than eating it. <laughs> let's start with the feet. Let's start with the legs and the tail. So however it works for you, you can change these like old sayings in your mind, however you want to make them work for, for what you think works for you. All right. So that was one, two, three, four, five. Number six, boundaries are hard, but if you use them, you're being kind. Clear is kind, which is a Brene Brown quote. So I've really worked on setting boundaries with work and also, you know, working on boundaries in just my life. You know, like I am a giver, y'all. <laughs> I love to give so much. And if I'm not careful, I will give until I have nothing left for myself. And then I will feel depleted and resentful. <laughs> I think a lot of women and leaders are like this. We are in leadership because of its service. And so when you start to unpack what things make you feel uncomfortable, like for example, when people ask you for enormous favors or big tasks or assume you're going to do things because that's what you do, that's, it's difficult. It's hard because it's work that you have to do to tell yourself, here's what I want and what I need. And then you need to communicate that back and then stand by it. And you can always change and flex your boundaries based on what it is or who you're working with or the time or season of your life. Um, and we get better at doing that over time. But just know that that is a difficult process, but you will feel a million trillion times better <laughs> when you're able to say no, when you want to say no, when you want to say yes to that thing that just lights you up because you've created space by saying no. So think about, um, you know, some, some really easy work boundaries you can think about is we often know our start time, but we don't really say when we end work. So be very clear with yourself and colleagues. Like here's when I sign off for the day. Working remotely has made it very hard to just walk out the door and, and sort of like leave on time, quote unquote. Le leadership, we tend to be salaried and so we just feel like we need to work around the clock, but you don't have to if you're being um, very specific and intentional during the day. And so 
think about what is your actual stop time? Is it four? Is it 4.30? Is it 4.03? Is it going to flex? Are you okay with flexing it or are you not? Think about your limits in terms of how much capacity do you have for projects? Do you find yourself taking on tasks for your leaders to help them out just because you feel like that you make you a nice boss, but really you've got your own list? I tend to do this all the time. I say, oh, I'll take care of that. And then I'm like, oh, I just added to my list. <laughs> this is really something they should be able to do. So even little things like that where you kind of overpromise, but really try to underpromise and overdeliver. <laughs> or maybe it's in your home life. A boundary could be asking for what you need. Like, you know, asking my husband, hey, I need a night just to have a bath. Is that cool? Can we, How do we make that work together? And how do I get you some time to work out and do your own things as well? How can we collaborate on that? Because that is that is something that I need. If you can vocalize and share what's on your mind and what you need, you're going to be so much better off. All right, number seven, it's important to turn inward to hear your own voice and your own thoughts and learn and then trust your intuition because that will serve you. Oh my goodness, you guys, this is such a huge one for especially those of you that are um, like Enneagram 3 or high achievers like me. <laughs> it's often hard to reflect and turn inward because we're so busy with all of our other work and we just don't want to stop and and maybe sit in what might be uncomfortable. But in 2020, this is something I really worked on and I'm so grateful for it. There'd be things I didn't want to think about, you know, finances or, you know, why do I have that certain relationship with that person? Or, hey, why am I sort of like this, like where I can't rest? <laughs> Just things like that. And it, you know, you can do this through meditation, journaling, just a few paragraphs every day or sentences every day. Um, morning pages is such a, is such a great tool to use. Um, just giving space to not overschedule yourself. So you have time to hear what you're thinking, what you're feeling, and then act on that. I can't tell you how many times that now that I've done this, I feel like I hear my inner voice more. And I trust myself because I understand the thoughts I have in my head. I can recognize when I'm having thoughts that are not valid, you know, like, oh, you're not good enough or, oh, you're, you didn't do enough today. And I'd be like, Psh, that's not true. <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> you know, I'm awesome. I can do anything. And resting is productive. You know, just different things like that. Trusting my intuition about making decisions about job and work life. I've shared, you know, trying to figure out what is it that I want as in a leadership position? What would make me most happy? What am I striving for? So really, if you can work on being uncomfortable uncom in the uncomfortable, I would recommend it. And once you do that, it feels really, really good to come back to yourself every day and turn inward and think, how am I feeling? Number eight. Just start. Progress is better than nothing. The pain of perfectionism is real. <laughs> you guys might have heard my recent podcast episode on the pain of perfection, perfectionism, but so many of us just don't ever start because we're afraid that we'll fail or we don't know how to make it exactly how we envision in our heads. But I will tell you, just like this podcast started as Cerulean and now is the Glow Getters podcast going from art to all about leadership. 
I wouldn't have known that unless I just gave it a go and see how it went, you know? And people gave me feedback. I felt, I tried to figure out what felt right. And now it's, it's turning into something wonderful and I'm getting great reviews from you guys. So when in doubt, just start. Number nine, efficiency and productivity aren't about checking the box, but about focusing on what matters and therefore being intentional. Absolutely. One of the things I talk about on this podcast is about healthy productivity and healthy efficiency. Um, It doesn't mean that you aren't working from a list, but I think this, what I'm really getting at is the idea that we want to work on the things that matter. And when you do that, you feel aligned and in integrity with your values, whether that's at work or at home. When you're just checking a box off a list, you're keeping yourself busy and you probably end up feeling really depleted and resentful at the end of the day because you think, what did I get done? I didn't accomplish anything. But you felt good in the moment because you were checking a box. So if you really take the time to think about what things you could do to get you to where you want to go and how you want to feel and really ask yourself every time you're doing something like, does this get me closer to my goals and does this feel right? you are going to be feeling more healthy and less burnt out. This gets easier over time. It's sort of a muscle you need to um, work because you won't be like actively always being like, hmm, is this aligned? <laughs> you trust your intuition and you can feel that. And so really think about how can I be more intentional and thoughtful today? This concept of intention is so interesting I think about the first time I really thought about intentionality was when I was taking a yoga class in college and the teacher said, now intentionally with your full awareness, move your arm and lift it overhead. And I thought, oh, because as soon as she said, move your arm, I just like whipped my arm over my head. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, but if I take the time to slowly feel and intentionally place it where I want it to go, that is me making a conscious effort rather than just like doing something because it feels automatic. And so I really would urge you to be very um, uh, intentional (laughs) or thoughtful about your decisions, the tasks you do, what keeps your mind busy, and whether or not it feels aligned. All right, number 10, the last one, discipline and surrender and flow. So We all need a certain amount of discipline, set goals, strive, you know, use strategy in our lives, especially in leadership. But we also need an equal or more or whatever, more or less amount of surrender, which is us accepting the fact that things might change or not go as planned or that everything that's going to happen is meant to happen and will happen the way it should. And when you find the right mix and balance of those, that's when you're working in flow. So if you think about a Venn diagram, discipline on one side, surrender on one side, and flow meeting in the middle. So, you know, in our work, when we have an idea or a project or something, we've got to have strategy and a goal, right? So think about holding that idea in your hand. But then surrender tells us to not hold on too tightly to that and to let that idea and that project be what it needs to be and allows you to have space for it to change and morph so that it can live in the way it needs to live. And when you're doing 
discipline and surrender and synergy, that's when things are flowing really well. I think whenever we're butting up against an issue, it's probably because we're either holding on too tight to an outcome or to the way we think something should happen. We're being a little bit too disciplined and things, you know, we're trying to fit pieces together and they don't fit. Sometimes we're surrendering too much and we're not really controlling things and things are kind of out of control. It's chaos. It's pandemonium. And we're like, we need to rein it in and we need a little bit more discipline. And so you just, I feel like over time will find and feel when you're in flow. And when you are, take time to recognize what that does feel like so that you can try to recreate that later. We can use discipline and flow or grit and grace, as I like to call it in so many different aspects of our lives, not just leadership. Um, I think, you know, thinking about um, having a baby soon, thinking about parenting. (laughs) There's so much structure that you, that's good to have, but also you really need to surrender because there's so many things you can't control. And if you try to, it's going to really suck. (laughs) So if you can be disciplined, but also hold lightly, hold those ideas lightly in your hand and allow them to morph, you're going to be so much happier in the long run. So let me quickly summarize because that was so many different things. Um, But again, in the show notes, I'll link different episodes that are related to these topics so that you can dive deeper. Maybe you thought of one idea when I was uh, listing them off, like this is something I really need to focus on. And maybe you can go back to some of those podcast episodes and check it out. So then you're like, okay, cool. I got a little bit more info on this topic. So number one, you don't have to burn to the ground before you take care of yourself or rest. Think about the staircase rather than the mountain and falling off a cliff. (laughs) Number two, listen more, say less. Ask more questions to seek to understand. Number three, go slow to move fast. Number four, the compound effect. Small, meaningful progress will repay dividends. Uh, one, two, three, four, <laughs> five. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Six. Boundaries are hard, but if you choose, uh, use them, you are being kind. Clear as kind, which is a Brene Brown quote. Seven. It's important to turn inward, to hear your own voice, learn, and then trust. Your intuition will serve you. Eight. Just start. Progress is better than nothing. The pain of perfectionism is real. Nine, efficiency and productivity isn't about, they aren't about checking a box, but about focusing on what matters and being intentional. And number 10, discipline and surrender is needed to find flow. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you for joining for 100 episodes, or maybe it's your first one. Whatever the case, I'm so glad that you're here and that we've been able to go on this journey together. Remember to share this episode with uh, your colleagues, your family members, so that I can hit that 5,000 listens by the end of the year and just reach more people and start to have more collaborative conversations. If you want to DM me, maybe your favorite one of these 10, which one helped you the most, at Kayla Fahey Arndt on Instagram, or maybe screenshot the episode and tell me which one resonated with you. Put that in your stories and tag me. I would love it, love it. Or send me an email at kfahearnt at gmail.com about what you loved and I'll answer your questions there. All right. Thank you so much with so much gratitude, everybody. Take care until next time and be a light. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I wanted to let you know about something new that I'm doing. 
If you could please leave me a rating and review on iTunes or right in your Apple Podcasts app, I would so appreciate it. Each week, I'm going to be doing a drawing and sending an email to a winner just to say thank you with some treats, tips, and a little bit of extras because I really want to get this podcast out to more people and I want to hear how it's helping you getting feedback about what you'd love to hear about and what you love about the podcast so I can keep doing that. Also, if you'd like to connect with me on a deeper level, check out my website at glowgetterslife.com. You'll find links to my About Me page so you can learn about me and my journey in leadership. You'll find links to my blog, my podcast for more episodes, and to my YouTube channel. And you can also find links to the templates and leadership planners I've created, as well as my free resource library. All right. Thanks so much. And until next time, be a light.